This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. The FFIEC's updated online authentication guidance is out, and banking institutions have until January 2012 to comply with the new supplement's requirements, which include the need for more regular risk assessments and a stronger emphasis on customer and member education. Given the tight time frame with which institutions have to work, what steps should they be focusing on between now and the end of the year? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Doug Johnson, Vice President of Risk Management Policy for the American Bankers Association, who shares his thoughts about the updated guidance and the priorities banks should be setting now to ensure they don't get caught off guard when regulatory audits begin. Doug, this updated guidance has been discussed at length over the last several months. Now that the formal guidance is out, what are your general thoughts about the guidance? Well, first of all, thank you, Tracy, for giving me the opportunity to, to talk with you today. Um, first, my, my observations are that it's uh, basically a, uh, a fairly consistent document with what uh, authentication guidance was, was first put out in, in 2005. It's, it's mostly a clarification document. And from that standpoint, I think it's it's very helpful to financial institutions to to get some of those clarifications. For instance, we know that the agencies uh, did have concerns about whether or not institutions were were doing uh, periodic risk assessments to see whether their risks had changed or or whether or not uh, they were essentially one and done, doing a risk assessment, putting in an authentication uh, set of procedures, and then thinking that the exercise was over when, when, in fact, Clearly, because the threats change, uh, our measures that we need to take as financial institutions against those threats need to change as well. So I don't think that, that frankly, that was any particular uh, uh, surprise, uh, nor should it be a secret to a lot of institutions either. I think that um, a lot of institutions uh, with robust information security programs recognize that authentication is just one piece of the overall information security puzzle, and that that puzzle always changes and that risks always do change. And so, therefore, as part of that process, um, your evaluation of your authentication uh, procedures need to change with that. And you've probably answered this question, and that is, does the guidance hit the mark where online security and necessary authentication requirements for online banking are concerned? Well, first of all, I I think that um, we appreciated the process that the FFIC agencies went through to, to get to their final destination. Um, they asked us, along with others, to uh, to, to pull together bankers of, of all uh, sizes, community banks, money center banks, and the working group. They asked us to come to them and, and talk to them about what we were seeing in the environment. Um, and I know the FFIC agencies also spoke to uh, the, the core processor and all the vendors portions of the community as well to, to get their perceptions um, on where the, the environment was and where the environment could be further improved. Um, so from a process standpoint, although it took a while to get there, I think that, that what the agencies did is, is get a, uh, an appropriate level of guidance um, from all the, the stakeholders in, in that process. Um, you know, there, there's been some concern, I know, as to whether or not the guidance hits the mark as it relates to uh, the vendor community. I think that the, the guidance does give financial institutions some additional tools to to provide to the vendor community to say, look, this is, this is the, the things that our uh, web for agencies want us to have in place. These are the things that we're going to be examined 
against. And as a result of that, you need to, to have those tools as a, a vendor available to us and, and give us options um, as to uh, what types of authentication measures uh, may, we may want to put in place uh, based upon our, our risk because individual institutions do have different risk profiles. Um, so I, I think it remains to be seen whether or not from the, the vendor side that this hits the mark, but I think that the agencies did try um, to, to, to put together a process whereby institutions would have some additional leverage. Um, and frankly, there are some uh, instances where uh, the vendor community has, has said to us that some institutions have been resistant as to authentication measures because they did not believe that their customers would uh, find them appropriate or would find them too uh, difficult to, to utilize. And, and I think that the, what this guidance does is it gives also the, the vendor community tools to say, look, this is what you have to adhere to, to for those institutions that may hesitate to some degree. So has it hit the mark? I think to some uh, degree it remains to be seen, but I, I think that it clearly hit the, the, the target, um, and and we'll see how close that ultimate mark, uh, the guidance ultimately ended up. Um, but I also do think that um, you know, we're very appreciative of the fact that the agencies did make the determination this was going to be FFIEC guidance, and that they were all going to uh, essentially uh, sign on to the guidance and not have any individual regulatory agency um, come up with something which might be different uh, than what the other agencies were envisioning. Yeah, and that's a great point that you make, Doug, especially when it comes to the vendors and the role that they play. One of the questions that I did want to ask you relates to how much advice banking institutions can seek when it comes to developing plans for risk assessment and how much they should rely on vendors to assist with that. Well, I, I think that, that every institution uh, has to be extremely hands-on as it relates to their risk assessment. Um, I think that, that what I've seen in, in institutions is that and there's a, a, a tremendous attempt um, on an enterprise risk management basis to try to develop some level of consistency associated with uh, risk evaluations. And, and there's some instances, for instance, where uh, compliance risk can overlap with risk associated with fraud and information security. And so there should be some level of consistency uh, associated with the risk assessments in those particular areas. And so I think that, that um, you know, consultants and, and the vendor community can assist in, in trying to think through some of that, particularly to the extent that um, the, uh, the uh, service providers are providing products in those particular areas. Um, but you don't want to leave the evaluation of risk associated with a particular product, obviously, to the service provider that's providing you that product. Um, and, and so you have to take ownership as an institution of that and demonstrate to the regulatory agencies that, that you did that and, and can appropriately answer the questions that they're going to ask you about your risk assessment and what the process was associated with it. Because a lot of the questions are going to be process questions that you're going to get. It's going to be uh, a set of questions associated with how did you go about the risk assessment? Who did you pull into the process associated with the risk assessment? Um, how did you socialize that risk assessment with the leadership of the institution and the institution's directors? Um, things of that nature, which are, are completely under the control and ownership of the institution as opposed to uh, any particular service provider or consultant. Right. That makes sense. And I also wanted to ask you, Doug, about mobile. Many concerns have been raised in the mobile arena. Does this guidance adequately cover mobile transactions? 
I, I believe that the, the agencies are, are continuing to look at mobile. Um, whether or not there'll be specific, discrete uh, guidance associated with mobile um, will be, I think, uh, a possibility. I don't know that it's, an, it's a certainty. Um, I, I um, know that the agencies are, are asking um, in the same manner that they asked uh, in terms of authentication. Um, they're, they're going out to ourselves as the financial services community and and to the service provider community in the mobile environment and and really getting a good understanding of what is being deployed and and what are the risk mitigation measures that are being put in place associated with mobile. Um, some of those risk mitigation measures are different in a mobile environment than they are within a, uh, a strict internet environment, but clearly those those worlds are blending. And a good example would be when you're talking about out-of-band authentication. Um, in some instances, um, one of those uh, measures is, is going to be a call to the phone, you know, or a text message to the phone. Well, um, you know, as those measures blend together, I think what you what you see is is uh, really a, a need to, to think about authentication and information security in a holistic fashion as opposed to trying to think of them discreetly as this is Internet and this is mobile. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, one of the areas that's highlighted in the FFIEC guidance is the need for more layered security practices and stronger authentication methods, which, of course, would bring in what you're discussing, the out-of-band authentication. But, Doug, where do you see most banks falling short now? And what steps should they be taking to ensure that they're compliant and ready by January? I, I believe it, it is in the risk assessment. I think that's what the agencies saw as, as part of their exams. Um, and and you know, to the extent that institutions can, can more thoughtfully um, address the, the changing risk environment um, as part of that risk assessment and to make that risk assessment a dynamic process as opposed to one and done, I think that, that the environment will all be better served. Um, customer information will be better protected. Um, financial institutions will suffer less losses and the, the financial institution regulators will be happier. And that's a three for, you know, that's a, that's a good combination of, of, of three different stakeholders that are all moving in the right direction. Um, so, you know, I think that's really, Tracy, what's key is, 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 you know, making sure that you've gone through that risk assessment process appropriately because, let's face it, that's where everything starts. You know, that's where, you know, you've, you've done the evaluation to, to make the determination of what risk you need to mitigate and it's only after having done that appropriately and continuing to, to do that um, that you really are able to address those stress by putting in the, the proper procedures and mitigation measures. I think that the one thing I, I want to, uh, to compliment the agencies on is the, the fact that they continue to recognize, particularly in the, the consumer environment, uh, the retail environment, that there's some, some really basic blocking and tackling that institutions can do um, as opposed to always looking for technological solutions. Um, I think that, that standard internal controls um, are, are really always vital in, in these uh, particular instances and, and should not be ignored. And that's particularly true in the community bank environment. Um, sometimes it's not about technology. Sometimes it's about the human factors. Yeah, that's a good point that you make. And customer education and awareness, of course, is something that the FFIC has noted as well. And that would tie in with the risk assessment. But I'd also like to ask you about this January deadline. Um, what advice can you offer to institutions that will be scrambling to comply by January? Open up that risk assessment. 
Yeah. You know, look at what look at what they've done before, and and see whether or not they think that that those are the risks. You know, do that risk evaluation. Um, make a determination as to whether or not the risks that you uh, determined were prevalent um, when you first did that assessment are the risks that are still prevalent. Um, and um, if they aren't, well, then you've got a revision to make um, and set up a process whereby, at least on an annual basis, you're, you're reviewing that risk assessment um, to, to make a determination as to whether or not it's still a dynamic document. Um, so that's that's where I would would start first and foremost. Um, but also I would talk to um, to the extent that you're looking to, you know, your core processors or internet banking service providers to really provide you with solutions. So to really talk to them about you know what their feelings are associated with um, the guidance and and what their approach is going to be in terms of of helping you address um, the risk issues that that you see you know, within your environment, um, because it's only through an appropriate partnership between yourself, you know, and those that are providing you those products that you'll be able to effectively protect the environment. Sure. Doug, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Oh, thank you very much, Tracy. I'm glad to do it. Again, we've just heard from Doug Johnson of the American Bankers Association. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.